Welcome to the Kid Men Podcast with Dr. Val and Dr. Virginia, where we talk about everything Kid Men. And pull back the curtain on some of the surprises and challenges in children's ministry that nobody prepares you for. I'm Dr. Val, and together we have over 45 years of experience in children's ministry. I'm Dr. Virginia. Valerie and I met over 10 years ago in our doctoral program at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. We are excited to share with you all the great stuff that we have picked up over the years. We want to minister to you, the children's minister. Welcome, friends. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are really excited to be together talking about children's ministry, and we are super glad that you have chosen to spend your time with us today. We have a really interesting topic and one that has brought lots. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) It is one that has always brought lots of conflict, and, and I honestly think That when I was working for the Tennessee Baptist Convention, Virginia, this was one of the biggest requests for mediation than any of the other topics that I ever received. (laughs) And what we're talking about today is sharing space. Oh, gosh. Yeah. 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 Um, Have you found over the years this has been a challenging topic to to take? Oh, of course. Uh, You know, as always, and, and sharing spaces either having to make it work for multiple different groups or, you know, like at VBS time this is one of the things that I think of whenever we take over the whole campus and every room is used for VBS and you got to make sure all the doilies, all the <laughs> prayer request lists, oh, <laughs> all the leader the everything. Guides, everything has to be, yes. yes, gets right back where it came from. <laughs> This is one of the things that we want to really cover well today, because there are so many different kinds of shared space in ministry buildings that we have to think about. And that was one of the things that we were kind of talking about when we were thinking through this particular episode, because there's not only just children's ministry sharing classrooms, like you Mm -hmm. might have a classroom where on Wednesday night, you have children's choir. And on Sunday morning, you have a Sunday school class or a Bible study. It's not just sharing within the ministry. And it's not even really like just church ministry sharing with one another, where you might be like, for you, like you said, we might be using a senior adult classroom for a VBS classroom during some times, or we might be using, you know, a choir room for something else some evenings. And so it's not just that, but we also have to think about, does the ministry have a weekday program or a school that meets there every single day, Uh, you know, those kinds of shared spaces, or if your building opens up to organizations that are outside of your ministry, like if you have Boy Scouts or Girl Scouts or homeschooling groups, or if you have, you know, community events that are hosted at your church, you know, how do we share those spaces? So there's a lot of things to consider when you think about your facilities. So I think we just are going to jump in. How does that sound? We're just yeah, gonna absolutely. Kinda, Let's just go for it. Rip off the bandaid. Gonna, yeah, we're <laughs> Rip just going to doily. <laughs> jump in, and do it, and then um, and and hopefully we'll answer some of your questions and we'll give you some guidance as you think through how can I successfully share facilities? Because honestly, and and I will say, like I said, when I was a consultant, I had a lot of churches that would call because they did have a weekday program or mm-hmm. a Christian school 
within their building. And one of the things that I heard most is we're thinking about closing the weekday program or closing the school, not because God is leading us to, not because we don't believe in this ministry anymore, but because we are so tired of the conflict that it's causing within the church or the damage that it's doing to our building that we are just ready to say we're done. So I was sort of like that last last effort. Yeah. Of like, can you come in and and talk to us about how do we figure out how to share space and how do we work through these conflicts? And so it's really, really hard. But lots of clear communication, which we will get into. Yes. Lots of communication. (laughs) Lots of planning. I think planning and organizing and communication are Mm -hmm. are the keys. And and that's where a lot of people really struggle because it is really hard to find the time to be able to do all of those things when we're in ministry and we have so much that's going on. Um, But I do think that there's just some basic questions and organization that you can lay in place that will help this conflict, whether you are walking into a ministry just starting out or whether Mm -hmm. you have been in this ministry for many years and it's become a challenge for you. I think there are ways that you can sort of step back and say, okay, this is what we need to look at and this is how we need to, to view this particular struggle. I think one of the first questions has to be, what is the primary ministry of the building? Mm-hmm. And even though that seems like a logical question, it's also a very difficult question because. And depending on what side you're on, you're going to have different views. Right. And, yeah. and you actually mentioned this when we were talking earlier about the yeah. fact that, okay, is the primary ministry the ministry that spends the most time in the building? Or is it what the ministry building was designed for originally? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that has always been my guidepost in ministry over the years where I've served is that I know that a weekday program or a school may use the building five days a week or six days a week. And they might feel like, well, we're here the most. So technically this building belongs to us, hmm. but you really have to ask yourself, who is the primary ministry in this building? Did the church start the school or are you a church meeting in a school? So what is the primary ministry of the building? Yes. And so coming from a person who was not only the principal of the school at the church, but also the children's minister at the church, (laughs) I really did have to look at this often and tell my teachers during the week, I know we're here a lot, but this is a church building Mm -hmm. that has a school ministry. Yeah, I I was about to say that exact same thing whenever I was, I've been at um, a couple different churches that have had weekday preschools, not K, you know, K through 12 schools, but weekday preschools and the weekday preschools were viewed as a ministry of the church and outreach of the church. Like, yes, in one sense, it is like a business. I don't know the business is the right way to say that, but you know, in one sense, it is something like we charge tuition, we pay the teachers, but on the other hand, it is primarily a ministry of the church and it's viewed as an outreach ministry to reach families in the community who we may not reach otherwise. Right. Um, and, And with that too, um, and, and this setup can certainly vary church by church and instance by instance, but, you know, our church was the one that 
paid for, um, you know, repairs or building upgrades, repainting the building in the summer, that sort of thing. Like that came Mm -hmm. out of the church budget because again, it was a church building. It wasn't a school building. And that ministry, it, it existed, the preschool existed as a ministry. Right. And so the church was responsible for, you know, keeping the buildings clean and, you know, the rooms painted and, and all those sorts of things. Right. Well, and that was one of the things that I used to recommend to churches a lot when they were thinking about starting a preschool or starting a K through 12 or K through six, they would say, you know, exactly, you know, how should we proceed with this? Because it's a shared building. So we're just all going to, and I said, you know, the best thing that you can possibly do is to literally write up a contract between you and the ministry, like to be able to say, these are the things that church budget is responsible for. These are the things that the weekday budget is responsible for. And this is this is how we are going to maintain the building and how we're going to look at the wear and tear, because that's the thing. Weekday, K through 12s, K through 6s, they're going to wear and tear the building. Yes. But a lot yes. of the churches that have chosen to be a part of that ministry look at it like we would rather the building be used five Mm -hmm. days a week than for it to just sit here empty for the most of the week. So Mm -hmm. we want the wear and tear on our building, but you just have to realize that's just the nature of having a weekday program. It's around all the time. Yeah. There, you know, things are going to happen. There's going to be wear and tear on the building. And so that's something that you really have to look at. And, And one of the things that you really need is to have that liaison between the church ministry and the weekday ministry or, you know, the ministry that is, is, is serving in your church so that you have that one person that you go to, that's going to make all of these decisions and kind of keep, be the go between, between the two ministries or the three ministries or four. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more when we're even looking at how the ministry shares space. But I think that while we're, we're talking about it, it's just so very important that it's a very clear decision who is going to take care of the extra utility Mm -hmm. cost who is going to take care of wear and tear on the building and repairs you know what portion of these things because um a lot of churches will go into weekday ministries or or k-12 ministries and and think okay this is gonna we're gonna earn money this way that's what i was about to say i've had churches ask me be like hey we want to make a little extra money like we think we're going to start like a a preschool and i'm like well yeah that's not the way to do it (laughs) It's not. <laughs> That's not the way I to mean, do there it. Are, are some, some churches <laughs> over years of, yeah. of having successful educational programs can, you know, can be very successful with it and it can cover its own costs sometimes. Yeah. 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 But to be actually adding money to a church budget, that is very rare. Very hard to uh, do. Because, yeah. you know, paying teachers, you know, mm-hmm. insurance, liability, all of those things that yes. come with it are, are is, it is a ministry of your church. And so I don't know, maybe we just need to have a whole episode on how do you decide whether <laughs> to have a weekday program because we're getting a little off topic. But the idea is that yeah. you have to really look at it as, like you said, it is a business mm-hmm. and it is a ministry, but it mm-hmm. is, is, is something that is going to take a lot of, of a toll on yes. your building, on your resources. And so you need yes. to think about that. The yeah. other thing that you really need to think through is, you know, do you want your building to look like a school yes. or look like a church? 
And there are a lot of ways, and, and we'll get into that a little bit here in a few minutes, but a lot of ways that you can really make sure that you are setting those guidelines of what the building looks like on a daily basis, what it looks like during the week, what it looks like on the weekends. But Right. Yeah. One of the things that we did was, um, just to jump on into that, one of the things that okay. we did was we had um, eight foot bulletin boards in mm -hmm. all of our rooms on, I guess, three out of the four walls. And mm -hmm. so it was like, Two of the three were for the preschool. One was for the church. The preschool right. was supposed to keep their items on the bulletin board. The church yes. kept their stuff on their bulletin board and on their wall. And so right. trying to divide all that up and yeah. trying to, um, yeah, make that work. <laughs> right. Well, and there's a couple of things that can be a problem with that. For some strange reason, and I've never understood this, but it's, it's very true. A lot of states have requirements for weekday programs and for schools about how much of the walls have to be covered with material and how many uh, manipulatives, blocks and toys and books and things are out in the classroom. And the thing that's really frustrating about it, quite honestly, is that a lot of times those state requirements for what has to be in a classroom do not agree with the state fire code requirements. And so it, it can make things really, really messy because you have all of these requirements that you're trying to meet. Right. And so you have to think through that before you make the decision about what kind of accreditation you're going mm -hmm. to walk into, because yes. a lot of them do require a certain amount of things on the walls, a certain amount of things in the classroom. But you also have to be sure that you do make it where that can be changed out, which is mm -hmm. a lot of work. But where the teachers literally turn and hide things and store things and, and that right. that goes for the things on the walls as well to have those dedicated bulletin boards. Um, a lot of the teachers over the years would use the project boards. Yes. Like a lot of the things that are supposed to be like displayed in the classroom, instead of posting them on the walls, they would put them on the trifold project boards so that they could be sitting up during the day, you know, during the week. But that was a very easy storage, you know, just you take the item, close it up and put it away for the weekends, for the for the church times. So it's it's having to come up with these creative ways yes. to be able to store things and to hide things. It's, it's really important, but it is very important to understand that the leaders of the weekday programs need to understand that as a church, you really don't want leaders coming into classrooms that are completely set up as a school yeah. because they want it to be able to be set up as a Sunday school room or a Bible study room or a choir room. So, so you have to be very mindful of who has space in the room, like that there mm -hmm. is a dedicated bulletin board for people and that they, they know that the things have to stay on that board and can't be placed other places or that things are done. Right. So that's and that's important. like, that's one of the, an example is um, we had a teacher who was a teacher in the weekday preschool and wanted to do again and what her mind is in her classroom in like a Dr. Seuss theme. And we had mm -hmm. to very gently be like, no, you know, it's very creative, but no, right. like this is a Sunday school room. This is right. a water room. Um, you know, it needs to be, it needs to be generic, right. <laughs> whatever you do. And it needs to right. be just because of my personal beliefs about not having secular things in our classrooms right. in our Sunday school rooms. Um, right. So, yeah, so just, right. That's why project boards can be super handy and, you know, having yeah. those, you know, to be able to say it's, you can have these things if the school allows it, 
<laughs> but you, you know, it has to be portable or it has right. to be able to come down. But, and having those conversations just graciously with the benefit of the doubt, because she just, I mean, she just wasn't thinking, I mean, right. you know, to her, that's her classroom. And so, you know, she certainly didn't mean anything by it. And just giving people no. the benefit of the doubt, even whenever right. we have to redirect. Right. Well, and I think that's where leadership really has to be involved because yes. that was where, as someone who was in charge of the weekday program in the, the K through 12 school, I was in those staff meetings to hear, you know, things that were going on. And then when I would have my faculty meetings and, mm-hmm. and meetings with our preschool teachers, I would make sure that we covered all of those kinds of things too. And so it was that communication to let mm-hmm. people know, okay, that we need to make sure that we're doing this. You know, we need to, so you have to have that person that is having those yes. conversations and that that's keeping up with it. Like I would, would make the rounds, you know, during the week to make sure that the weekday teachers were following all the instructions that they were given. And then I would check everything on Monday mornings to make sure that, you know, the church leaders had been following everything that we had right. discussed. So it's important to have those key people in place to mm-hmm. have that communication going because it's a constant Mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's every week, oh, it's yes. every day, you have to stay on top of it. And you yes. have to, to make sure that, that, you know, that you're meeting those needs. And a lot of that comes with storage and supplies too, where, mm-hmm. you know, if you have specific cabinets in the classroom that are marked for the weekday program and specific mm-hmm. ones that are marked for the Sunday morning program, so that that way you don't have missing crayons, used glue, you know, scissors that are broken, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It really is helpful. I mean, and I know a lot of people want to say, well, church supplies, everybody can use them, but you have to remember that it's, it's really frustrating if you think you have supplies and then you open that cabinet and they're not there. And I've just found over the years that it just Mm -hmm. makes things go so much smoother if I had cabinets for the weekday and cabinets for Sunday morning or Wednesday night. And actually I really tried to do that even if I didn't have, because I I did serve Mm -hmm. at some churches where we didn't have a weekday program. Right. But I still tried to, to designate space in the classroom for for choir, Mm -hmm. for Awana, for, you know, so that that way they had storage for their Mm -hmm. items that they, you know, knew. And then they had their own pencils and they had their own Mm -hmm. crayons and they had their own paper so that it was that designated space. It just saves a lot of struggle when you can make sure that you have everything that that person needs in their storage space. Well, and it's kind of one of those things too, when everyone's responsible, then no one's really responsible, if that makes sense. Yes. You know, so it's like, it's easy to be like, oh, well, it must've been Awana that broke that, or, oh, it must've been Sunday school that broke that, or, oh, it must've been the weekday program that broke that. But you're right. If everyone has their own storage space, if everyone has their yeah. own supplies, then it is, you're more apt to be responsible and intentional right. with something that you feel personal, like ownership and responsibility for. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's important to, to kind of think through all of those kinds of things. So, um, and we were talking earlier about having a contract, you know, so that you knew that the spaces, and I think it's really important if you are opening your building to outside 
opportunities in the community for them to use your building. Absolutely. I think it's really important that you have a contract for each of those. And it's really easy to kind of go, oh yeah, they can come in and, you know, this homeschooling group can meet, you know, on Thursday mornings and it's no big deal or, or a scout troop or, or, you know, uh, like an AA meeting or there's all of, you know, these different kinds of Mm. community things that happen that our churches are so willing to share space for that. I think it's really important again, that you have your guidelines, what is expected, what are they expected to clean? What are they expected to set up and tear down? You know, what, what times are they going to be there? You know, who is your key person that is going to be responsible Mm -hmm. for all of those things so that you can talk to them to make sure that the building is locked correctly. Because I know a lot of times we would have groups that would meet in our building and I would happen to be there and notice that they didn't lock the door when they left, when it was, you know, an evening meeting or they wouldn't think, you know, to take out trash or to, you know, do those kinds of things. And so I think it's just really important that we are making sure that they know what their responsibilities are. And then there's this point that you get to, there were some times where we would have to say, you know, I'm just really sorry. You know, we can't have you in the building anymore because we have these guidelines that we just really need met and and they're not happening. And and so you have to have that person that can make those calls when you have to, but it's really important. Well, and it's like a phrase that I've heard clarity is kindness. Mm -hmm. And so you are doing a kindness to this group to make your expectations abundantly clear because they can't meet your expectations if they don't know what they are. Right. Exactly. And if you are having to have that conversation where, Hey, I'm sorry, you can't meet in our space anymore. You want it to be after they have already get gotten written guidelines of your expectations right. and written reminders that they aren't meeting it. And, yes. you know, emails about, Hey, you know, per our contract, we need you to do X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And so clarity is kindness. And so you need to think of your contract, not as something that's like binding to these groups, but something that right. is a kindness to them. So that they can meet your expectations. Right. Because it's like what we were saying earlier. I think it's really important that we do realize we have this building and and we have the space that Mm -hmm. can be utilized in the community in so many ways. Um, There's just unlimited possibilities of how we can outreach to people Mm -hmm. through different programs and different things. But I think it's really important that we do have our boundaries, though, and that we have our expectations very clearly lined out because we do need to honor the gifts that God has given us and that we do need to make sure that we're honoring the people who are giving and that help build the building and and keep the building up and all of those kinds of things. So I think it's important that, you, you know, that we think through all of those kinds of things. I think that's why too, it's really important to have a staff member that's responsible for scheduling And that's, you know, you're going to have a staff member, hopefully, that is a liaison with whatever group you're working with. Mm -hmm. Like I was saying, where you have somebody that's going to be the go to person between this particular organization in your building. But I think it's really important that you have an individual on staff that's responsible for calendar. Yes. For this, yes. so that if an organization or a group needs to use the building at any given time, that they have turned in a request for the mm-hmm. time, for the rooms, for what's needed. Yes. And so that person can look at the church calendar and they can see, because if, for example, Virginia, if you're responsible for the preschool, 
and I'm responsible for children's ministry. And we both just assume that we can use the auditorium for an event. Right. You know, it, it, we, we need to make sure that there is somebody that's looking at that calendar that can say, Oh, I'm sorry. You know, the, the K through 12 program can't use it on that night because the weekdays already committed to using the space for that night. And so they can look at the calendar and they can tell, okay, we are going to have a homeschooling group that's meeting that night or an AA group that's meeting that night. So we can't have another event in the building because somebody else is already using that. And so to have those forms where you have leaders that have to actually fill out a form to say, we are wanting to do this particular event at this particular time. And, and have, you know, a, a place for them to be able to write out exactly what they're going to need, what kind of equipment they're going to need, what time they need in the building, what time they need, to, they, they are going to be leaving the building, all of that information. So you have that staff person that is going to take that to staff meeting, they're going to take that to whatever way you have to, to set up your calendar to be able to say, yes, you have approval to use that or no, you don't. Because just assuming that anybody can use it any time can get work. you into a lot of trouble. Yeah. 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 Well, and we, um, in the past we've had, I've had forms like that at churches that mm-hmm. both external groups have used, internal groups yes. have used. Um, it, it did, it was a system that worked very smooth. And then that even goes back to what we talked about in previous episodes with calendaring, mm-hmm. how, you know, twice a year we have big calendaring meetings where we calendar a full year out. Right. That way we want to get all of our primary church events, on the calendar. That way, if someone does want to come in and host an event, um, they want to do voting at the church or they right. want to have a Cub Scout, whatever. Yeah. Um, that way, those church events take precedence and they've already been on the calendar for mm-hmm. up to a year. Right. <laughs> and we know that they that they are there and that they are coming. Um, and so that even loops back into, you know, calendaring your events for your spaces as well. Right. Right. And so it takes planning and it can be complicated, but it's really important that you have mm-hmm. these sort of organizational things in place, right. you know, to, to be able to do that. Um, I think having a healthy philosophy in your ministry is incredibly important for you as a ministry to be able to say, this is the house of the Lord. You know, we are choosing to use this building for these ministries that we feel led to have. And so no one space belongs to any one person or any one ministry, Yeah, but we (laughs) are working together. Um, you know, to, to fulfill the things that God has called us to do. And so you're not saying this can only, this classroom can right. only be used for kids ministry or this classroom can only be used, you know, for adult ministry, but mm-hmm. you are willing to lay out, you know, the building and say, you know, we are flexible in what we are doing. It's vacation Bible school. That means that we're going to need every inch of this building. It's not just a children's ministry area need. It's going to be a full church, you know, ministry need. And so I think that that's incredibly important. And, you know, one step um, that I've seen taken that I think is effective in helping facilitate that mindset is standardizing all your classrooms. 
Mm-hmm. And so, and this goes really for adult spaces um, in one sense that, you know, they all have the same type of chairs. They all have the same, you know, TV and AV set up in the same corner and they all have the same like generic Christian, you know, artwork or verse on the wall. Um, because I think sometimes what you see is that adult classes will sort of settle into a space and then they'll start putting pictures on the walls and moving in furniture. <laughs> like yes. I found an adult room recently that has like a recliner in it. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, why is this in here? Why uh, is this in here? <laughs> I have to tell you the story. It, it was, I think it was one of the, the, the most eye-opening moments that I ever had as a consultant where there was this sweet children's minister that I had been working with for years as they built their new building. And so I had done a lot of walkthroughs with her. We, I'd done a lot of planning with her because she was, they were just so excited about having their first real preschool and children's ministry space. And so once they opened the building and once they had their first Sunday, she could not wait for me to come and just, you know, walk through the building with her so she could show me everything. And so we had gone through everything and she was showing me all the classrooms and we get to the children's wing and, and, and we were going through classrooms. And, and so she said, you know, we're using all of these classrooms here. And she kind of pointed to the end of the hall and she said, now there's a classroom at the end of the hallway that we don't need for kids ministry right now. So we're letting a senior adult class use it until the children ministry grows. And then they know that they're going to have to relocate to another space in the building because that will revert back to a children's classroom. And so I said to her, (laughs) you see what's coming. I said to her, do you mind if we took a peek in the classroom? And she was like, well, yeah, it looks just like all the other classrooms, but you know, come on, we'll, we'll take a look because I just had this feeling and we open up the door And this once pristine, you know, neutral color classroom that was designed for kids, we walked in and the whole room was painted like a really dark burnt orange. Oh my. And on, there was all of this artwork that was hanging on the wall. And I don't mean like just little pictures. Yeah. I mean, those big ornate frames of like the last supper and like all of these like you know like big frame like the fancy gilded you know frames that were around the room around a mural that had been painted on one wall with the senior adult classes like name like they were you know how they were like do all this that's what what she said no I'm not done though (laughs) there was this huge wooden pulpit in the front of the classroom, like oh, that was gosh. sitting like for the teacher, like to use. Yes. And then all of the chairs in the room were these huge, like upholstered, like chairs, like real <laughs> like, like armchairs yeah, that were like <laughs> in a circle in the room. And she just stood there with this look on her face. And she was like, when did they do this? Like she had no, no clue, clue whatsoever. And I just looked at her and I said, I am so sorry, but you will probably never get this room back. Oh. Um, just because, I mean, they had made yeah. it there. They had moved in. They had moved yes. in in such a short, I mean, they'd only had the building open for like a week and a half. And so I say that, I tell that story, you know, to say you have to be so careful about making sure that people understand that 
you know, the classroom where they have been meeting for however long they've been meeting might not necessarily belong to them. You know, that you have this ministry philosophy that the classroom that you're in right now is the classroom that you're in right now, but that might not always be your classroom because we might need to move space. We might need to. So you don't want to encourage, you know, leaders to make it, but I am the same way with children's space. I know that people put a lot of money into a lot of these really fancy overlaid themed children's ministries and they're beautiful, but the, the big issue with it is it does very much so define a space that is very hard to change. Right. You know, if you have an under the sea theme for your entire children's ministry, when you have a VBS that is a game thing desert or a desert <laughs> yeah. theme or, a, you know, it's, it's very hard to overlay yeah. your themes and things when you have these very elaborately painted and set up right. classrooms. So if you have the ability to sort of think through that, when you're making mm-hmm. your initial decisions about, okay, how do we want to decorate these rooms and these halls and these classrooms, it's really looking at how am I going to be able to make it as flexible as possible yes. in case we do need to make changes with our space in case we do need to bring different groups in. And so right. it is it because people get very protective of their space Yes, when it comes to church. And so it's, it's really a philosophy that has to come from the staff that has to be really, really well sewn into your ministry to be able to say, you know, this building is God's building and it may need to be flexible. We may need to be Mm -hmm. able to move things around. You know, and I'm going to go back to your story as well, which your horror story. (laughs) I I will never forget the look on her face. I just will never forget it because she was just heartbroken. Like, oh no. I can't imagine. Well, but I feel like that's also an illustration for why we need clear lines of communication about spaces. I'm like, right. who let them into that building? Who, right. if they got in on their own, who gave them a key? Like right. who gave them permission to do that? Like, cause how, cause again, in my mind, I'm sitting here thinking, how do they get in there to even do that in the first place? Right. Someone should have said, Oh, Hey, you're painting a room in the children's building. Uh-huh. Go talk to the children's minister. Oh, right. Hey, does miss so-and-so know that you're doing this? Oh, right. Hey, Cause how, like, how would they do that completely undetected? Right. Is one right. of the things I'm wondering. And mm-hmm. so, so just going back to those, having someone who is the point person who is responsible, mm-hmm. having those clear lines of communication about who you talk to about what questions and what issues mm-hmm. having that in writing <laughs> in right. your contract, <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> having that clear amongst your staff yes. all the way down to, the well-meaning janitor who let them in the building and who had no idea that they weren't supposed to be there painting the room. Right. <laughs> you know well, what I and, mean? And just, so. yeah, just, just those basic clear cut. If you're, yes. if you would like to paint, you have to request, you know, these are the colors that we have available because yeah. I, I've had that happen. Right. I don't want to oh. just give a hard time to the senior. It can happen class. anywhere. Yeah. The youth yeah. ministry. I have seen youth pastors come in and just paint ridiculous colors and things everywhere, not realizing, okay, this space is used for a lot more than just youth ministry. And so we really have to be mindful of, you know, how this classroom is set up and how this space is used and how permanent something is. And that's really where we come back to having 
bulletin boards available, having, you know, project boards, having things that roll in and roll out, things that mm-hmm. can be maneuverable. Because we do have, and I do know it's a little bit different because preschool and children's ministries have safety and security issues that do tend to allow for this is a children's wing and this right. is this is the children's space. Right. But we have to remember there have been many years where we've outgrown a preschool space. So we've mm-hmm. had to take another hallway and add those security measures. Right. And to change it and, and, and so retrofit we, you know, it. Yeah. yeah. So some things are much easier to change than others. You know, locked doors and, and those kinds of things are much easier to change than whole decoration systems or whole right. painting systems. So, so you really have to sort of really, you know, think through. Because the other thing is space needs. You know, I've said this for so many years because a lot of a lot of times I would have senior adult classes or adult classes say, well, you know what? We're bigger than preschoolers. So preschoolers can be in a tiny classroom. Mm-hmm. They don't need as much room as we need when actually it's the opposite. The square footage needed for preschoolers and for children are much greater than adults. So yeah. sometimes, yeah, we might need to change up space if we have more preschoolers coming. We need more space than, right. say, an adult class that can right. scoot chairs together because they're going right. to be sitting you can and sit listening still for the whole hour. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Whereas you, you our preschoolers cannot. <laughs> they need space to be able to move, and yes. so it's it's really important that you realize that there the needs might change, so your space may need to change, and so mm. that's that's huge. Well, I think that that's one of the things that is so important is that we are making sure that there are people who are invested that are in charge of these ministries that are key leaders, that they are meeting, that they are communicating, that they are a part of the big story for your ministry. Because I think so many times we, we become silos in ministry yes. where you yes. have this person that's in charge of the weekday program and this person that's in charge of the preschool program ministry and this person that's in charge of the children's ministry and they never communicate or have mm-hmm. any kind of any kind of interaction with one another. So they are living sort of in their own world. And if you don't have meetings with these leaders, if you don't mm-hmm. have communication happening, then you are not going to really be able to understand each other's ministries. People who are living in their own little world seem like aliens. Right. <laughs> some of the things that they want and some of the things that they suggest because you don't understand them. Right. Or what they're doing. Right. So, yeah, that is one of the things that I felt like we did really well mm-hmm. um, um, with the weekday preschool was that it, the weekday preschool had kind of over the years sort of in some ways sort of become its own entity. Um, But we worked really hard to sort of refold it in as a ministry of the church. Um, So like, for example, as uh, the key leaders, the director and the assistant director, um, we required those positions to be church members. And so Mm -hmm. as people vacated those positions to go to other jobs, they were replaced by oftentimes qualified church members who were also already teachers at the preschool, um, but were you know, church members who are then the key leaders of the preschool. Right. Um, the preschool director um, attended staff meetings, the the church staff meetings um, mm-hmm. as well. And right. so it was in there weekly. Um, as the children's minister, um, I sort of functioned almost as like a chaplain to the preschool. And so would you mm-hmm. um, like a chapel with them and that sort of thing. And so 
Um, there's just lots of different ways to mm-hmm. try to create opportunities for communication and for overlap. Um, our weekday preschool teachers who are also church members would serve once a month in the preschool ministry. Right. So they were seeing both sides of it, seeing what happened on Sunday mornings and then obviously right. here in the classroom during the week. And so I think from both ends, the more that we could understand, you know, what was going on, you know, as a ministry leader, what was going on during the week mm-hmm. or as a weekday preschool director, what went on on Sundays and how the space was used on Sundays and Wednesdays, right. um, the easier and smoother that relationship and those conversations were. Right. And then even just having a pre-existing relationship that way, if you do come in on a Wednesday night and something's not cleaned right, or mm-hmm. something's not put away properly, it's mm-hmm. not, it's, you know, you're talking to someone who you talk to regularly and who you work with routinely. Right. So it's not a big deal to go to them and be like, Hey, this was like this. Right. You know, whereas if your whole relationship <laughs> consists of just complaining, it, yeah, right. when something's wrong, right. that's a lot harder. It really, so really finding is. Finding those ways to create overlap and build relationship are so, so valuable. It, it really is. And I think that that's the key, too, because I know that not all churches have the ability to be able to do that. They may not have people in their congregations that do have the qualifications that are needed to be able to do that. But if you, again, I think the key thing that you brought in there, too, is that they were involved in the meetings, you know, the the, the preschool director, the weekday director is, is coming to staff meetings. So they're seeing the big picture for the church. Yes. You know, they're, they're able to, to look at the whole ministry and see what's happening. They're not relegated to just their area. Right. And then somebody's just reporting to them or going to them, but they're really brought in as a member of the church staff. And yeah. so that yeah. makes them feel a part of it. So you don't have that because I think all of the churches that I worked with that were having conflict, it's because of exactly what you said. They would have a leader that wasn't a part of the church ministry at all. And so that right. leader was very defensive about the weekday program or the, right. the school program. And because they didn't have a connection to the church ministry, they felt really like all yeah. of their responsibility was just to push for whatever the school needed. Yeah. And there did yeah. become this conflict between the two. And I, I just remember one of the churches when I came on staff and I started working with the weekday director at that particular church. And I would, would go to her and ask her questions and talk with her. And she would kind of, and she was the exact opposite of what you were talking about. She wasn't a church member and you know, right. she did feel very disassociated and one of the things she kept saying to me is you, you, you keep including me, like you, you keep letting me know what things are happening. And it, it yeah. made her for the first time in all the years yeah. that she had been there, she felt like she was a part of the church ministry because she wasn't wow. just on her own anymore. Like she yeah. was able yeah. to, you know, she had only been talked to when things were bad and when there were problems oh. and people were complaining. And so yeah. I, you know, worked really hard to make those teachers feel like a part of the church. Yeah. Yes. And it really changed just the atmosphere of how the church and the weekday worked together. Yeah. And so it that has to be intentional because it doesn't happen just naturally. That's not just right. something that foster those that's relationships. Organic. Yeah. You, you have to yes. be intentional about that. Yes. You have to make the time 
to take them to lunch or to find mm-hmm. a time where you can go for coffee and you can get to know them and then you meet can, with them you know, a couple times a month, like have yeah. a standing 30 minute meeting twice a month or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Because you, you have to make them invested in the ministry. And for us yeah. too, the teachers that taught in the weekday program and the K through 12 school that didn't attend the church, we still treated them like church members. Mm-hmm. So like, for example, if, if I remember like one of the preschool teachers had cancer and she was really sick. So we started, mm-hmm. like we did a meal, the church started meal taking train. meals to her yeah. family yeah. and doing all that. And so, because like I said, we wanted them to feel like they were a part of the church, even if they didn't attend on Sunday mornings, because they were a key part of our ministry as a whole. Right. And when right. you start doing that kind of thing, then you don't see yourself siloed as much. Right. You, you begin to feel a part of a We're ministry. The team. Yeah. yeah. And so you want to work yeah. together. And I think that makes a huge yeah. difference. Yeah. What's interesting is that I'm now in a situation that's different where we have a homeschool group that's mm-hmm. on campus once a week and they are not a ministry of the church. They mm-hmm. are in, in this situation, like an outside organization who is renting our space, but who we are, you know, it's a Christian homeschool group. So like we are in agreement with what they're doing, right. um, but they aren't necessarily a ministry of our church. And yeah. so that's an interesting relationship navigating as well to where we sort of laid out and <laughs> we, we may have made it a little more complicated than we intended to, but it's sort of like they use multiple buildings on the campus. And so it's like, okay, if you're in this space and you have a concern, this is the person you talk to. If you're in the preschool space, you have a concern, they talk to me. Right. So we did, we, we created a contract, um, wrote a contract for the first time. Yes. <laughs> for the first time after, <laughs> anyway, we won't say how long. Um, <laughs> And, and, and laid out all of that in the contract and even have like a little cleaning checklist that they do every week. And after they they check everything off, the director signs it, you know, Mm -hmm. it gets turned into us. And so it goes back to that clarity is kindness. And so it really does. We're, you know, I mean, there's little questions that come up here and there, but really I would say we've got a very good relationship with our homeschool group and, you know, everything's going uneventfully. So the next time they meet, nothing blows up or something. (laughs) Well, it's it's likely what you were saying before about how, you know, how can they know to meet expectations Mm -hmm. if they've never been given the expectations to meet. And so it's finding those ways that we can make sure that we are communicating and Mm -hmm. saying, you know, these are the things we need. These are the things that we expect. So that when you're going into this situations, you know where everybody you are. Understands. You know, everybody yeah. is very clear about what needs to happen. And it's just, it's like you said, this is not, it's not being tough on somebody. It's not being too, you know, it's not being too particular. It's truly a kindness to be able to say, we want to work together to make this happen. And so this is how we go about that. And there's so many ways, there's so many ways and everyone does it differently. But there's so many ways to help your church leaders, your teachers, the people that are using your building come up with creative ways to be able to meet all the expectations, Mm -hmm. you know, find ways to, you know, to have storage, to have 
you know, like we said, you know, what, you know, you, you, you can help your teachers find ways where they can hide things in the classroom when they need to and, and pull things out when they need to. And, you know, you have that ability to be able to work those things out. And it's just really important that you have those expectations ready, but you also plan for training. You plan Mm -hmm. for meetings, you plan to have these conversations and that you just keep that communication going. Absolutely. Well, Dr. Virginia, this has been a fun conversation. It's it's challenging. It's stressful. It is overwhelming at times, um, but it is doable. It's it's yes. something that yes. can be worked out in a, a way that it's fair to everyone who's using yes. the building. It's fair to everyone who is participating and cares about the ministry, because ultimately that's really what happens. People are so invested and they care so much Mm -hmm. that the space just matters to them and it becomes home to them and and they want, you know, things to, to be their own. And so it's, it's a, it's a a tricky (laughs) situation sometimes, but it's definitely Um, something that you can work out. So Dr. Virginia, it's been fun talking with you today. I hope that we have been helpful to our friends Um, and friends. We are very thankful for you. We are thankful that you took your time today to to join us. We are thankful that you are part of this community that we are so wanting to build and wanting to help. And so please be sure to comment, to let us know if you have questions about this topic, if there's more information that you need or other things that you would like to hear about. We want to hear from you. So please comment, please send us a message, please let us know. And we look forward to talking to you again soon. Bye-bye.